Hey, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. This is a time where we come around the table and we continue the conversation that we started on Sunday. We try to add a little bit more value uh, to the talk. And right now we're in the middle of a series called Morning Joy. And the whole premise of the series is learn to wake up with joy every morning. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, and uh, that's that's uh, not always easy to do, right? but it's possible. right? And that's really what the whole series is based off of, is mm-hmm. that that's where it starts. We have to believe that it's possible to do what the Apostle Paul says, to rejoice always. Yeah. So I've got to believe it's possible to rejoice always. Then if I once I believe that, then I realize to rejoice is my choice. And that's how I can wake up with joy every morning. Mm-hmm. And, and so Sunday we talked about uh, how we, in order to really live with joy, we need to have the same attitude, the same mindset that Jesus had. And you highlighted two specific things uh, in your talk. Uh, we talked about uh, sacrifice. Mm. We talked about humility. Yeah. And so I really want to deep dive a little bit into humility. But first, I want to touch on sacrifice real yeah. quick. You talked about two things that we need to learn to sacrifice. Yeah. One is convenience and one is uh, control. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about convenience real quick because our whole life, our modern society yeah. is built around convenience. So true. Drive-throughs, yes. social media, everything yeah. you need is on your smartphone. Yeah. There's, there's just, I mean, you don't even have to, like, I remember barely um, as a kid having yeah. to get up and change the channel, you know, with the knob on the oh, TV. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, you can tell Siri. You don't even have to have a device. You just yeah. yell from the side of the room, hey, Siri, change it to channel whatever. Yeah, and, you absolutely. Know, and, and so how do you find sacrificing convenience? Uh, how, how do you sacrifice convenience or apply sacrificing convenience in a world that's built for convenience. Yeah, well, you know, we talk a lot uh, in North Point about being countercultural. Yeah. Right? That, that we are here to create a Christ centered culture changing, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to change culture, that means you can't just adopt culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the culture around us is a very convenience based culture. Right. Uh, but we don't want to be like the, the community, right? Yeah. We want to change the community. And so we realize that. The way people are is not the way that we want to be. We don't want to be driven mm-hmm. by convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think we, you know, we threw that definition up on the screen on Sunday, man. And it, the definition of convenience is to add to one's ease mm. or comfort. Mm. Man, there's something about reading that definition that's just like, that's just not right. Like, that, that's just not, that's not, that's not going to take me where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding to my ease and my comfort because we, we know that, you know, wa- walking the, the the road to where we want to go, man. It's a it's a tough journey. Like yeah. you, you got to be willing to pay the price. Like it, everybody that's reached the top of anything, mm-hmm. whether they've reached the top of a business, whether they've reached the top in, in whatever world they're in, they always talk about how hard it was to get there. Yeah. Well, convenience adding to my ease and my comfort is the very opposite of what they're telling me is going to get me where I ultimately want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think to just to understand and to realize that is that that's the way the culture is, but I don't want to be that way. I've got to fight against that. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I've got to learn what is it to sacrifice right, right. that convenience. And, and you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Because you talked about because there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a drive-through, you no. know, at Chick-fil-A. No. As crowded as it gets. No. You know? right. Yeah. No. Uh, there's nothing wrong with no. technology that helps. But whenever that mindset creeps in, then we start living by convenience based off of, well, you know, I just, it's not really convenient for me to help my neighbor 
Absolutely. On Saturday. It's not it's not convenient for me to serve on Sunday. It's not convenient yeah. for me to attend a group. It's yeah. not convenient for me to even read my Bible or pray. Right. And that's whenever it becomes a danger. Absolutely. You know, it and really when you you know, basically following Jesus is the call to come and die. Yeah. Right? And that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, mm-hmm. you have to Take up your cross, mm-hmm. right? You have to deny yourself, yeah, and then you have to follow me. Mm-hmm. Really, he's calling us into a perpetual death, right? Yeah. It's dying to ourselves, uh, and so much of convenience is meant to build up ourselves, mm-hmm. to make it easier on ourselves. And yeah. Jesus is giving us the opposite call, uh, and so we must be willing to to sacrifice that convenience. And and really, the Christian life. Mm-hmm. is built on inconvenient things. Mm-hmm. That's what we talked yeah. about it Sunday. But yeah. what are you talking about? Prayer, reading your Bible, leading a group, attending a group, showing up to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. serving on Sunday, everything. It's more convenient not to pray. It's more convenient not to read my Bible. It's more convenient not to go to a group, lead a group, serve on it. It's more convenient not to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus calling us into a life of following him. Mm-hmm. It's literally following us, calling us into a life of inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we always say, right? We have to say, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what following Jesus will always look like, mm-hmm. uh, is being pushed out of that comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we talked about sacrifice control. Um, and and uh, one thing that I want to highlight and ask about, because like for me, for example, I'm a one on the Enneagram, or excuse mm-hmm. me, a three on the Enneagram. Yep. You know, I'm like, I'm a performer, I'm a doer. Yep. And so whenever things are within my control, I know that I can, you know, execute them and 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 really have them happen, you know, excellently. Yeah. But or whenever, you think you can. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Right, right. But and so and so whenever things get out of my control, yeah, sure. I start breaking a sweat. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. start, oh my goodness, because I don't have things that maybe I'm even responsible yeah, for, totally. you know, that are outside of my control. Yeah. So how do you how do you move to a place where you are okay with things not being in your control? Yeah, I think it, the first thing is is to admit that when it's in my control, it doesn't always work the way mm. that I think it was really going to work. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I yeah. think the first thing is just to admit that even the things that I have control over, mm-hmm. they don't always turn out good. Yeah, they don't yeah. always work. I don't always know the right answer. I make a lot of mistakes. So I think by by admitting that, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Wow, just because I'm in control of it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be perfect. Mm. Or the outcome is going to be what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Or the outcome is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I think we start there because then what I realize is, wow, okay, well, if it's not always perfect, then if I'm not in control of then what it's kind of the same, right? You yeah, see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah. I think that we once we start there, because we can be in this illusion. This is where so many people are, no matter what their number is on the Enneagram, if they are a control type person, this is what they deal with. Mm-hmm. Right? So the the first thing is just to admit. That just because I'm in control of it doesn't mean it's going to be good. Right, right. It doesn't mean it's going to be right. Mm-hmm. I just feel better about it because mm-hmm. I'm in control of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, that that doesn't always take us to the right place. Right. Uh, so I think when we start there, then we can go, okay, well, this is an illusion. Mm-hmm. This isn't really a fact. Right. It's not really a reality. Because like you just mentioned, it's a feeling. It makes me feel better. Exactly. Exactly. It's an illusion. It's not a reality. And so then that helps me to begin to release control of other things uh, because I realize that I don't always have the answer. I don't always do it right. So therefore, I can release control. You know, I think we we see this in, uh, in, in marriage. 
people trying to control a marriage. We, mm-hmm. we see this in in businesses, right? People want control. They would call it micromanaging, right? Mm-hmm. They micromanage everything, don't delegate anything, and yeah. they just try to hold on. But there's no, you can't scale that. You can't improve that. You've mm-hmm. got to be willing to let go to surrender control. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what every business book will tell you, mm-hmm. right? If you want to scale your business, you got to delegate. You got to turn things over to people, let them do their jobs. That's the way that you scale a business. I think that's the way you scale a life yeah. is that giving up that control, giving up that control to God, trusting God, trusting his authority, trusting his structure, trusting the body of Christ. When we begin to, I believe that's how we scale our life through sacrificing this need to control everything. And that starts with giving up the illusion that Mm -hmm. I I really know what I'm doing in the first place. And it's funny because both of those things, control and convenience, uh, we talked about, you know, control is all about making me feel like, um, you know, everything's going well, you know, or, or convenience. It's all about adding to my comfort. So true. Which is all based around pride, which your second point is humility. Yep. Yep. And we kind of talked, you know, off the record a little bit about, we kind of went and deep dived humility um, recently. And so I want to kind of pull some of those things into our conversation here, because if we really want to adapt the, the mindset, the attitude that Jesus has, uh, we have to be a person who walks in humility. Yeah. Uh, and so let, let's kind of talk about that. What does that look like? Um, just kind of expanding that talk. What does humility in our modern society look like? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, and, and where we're taking this from is we're taking this out of Philippians chapter 2, mm-hmm. right? And when it says that Jesus, the sacrifice came, that, that he gave up. Mm-hmm. His divine privileges, mm-hmm. right? When he stepped out of heaven and came to earth. And yeah. so Jesus sacrificed convenience and control mm-hmm. to come here to live on this earth. Uh, and then and then the Bible says that Jesus humbled himself, mm-hmm. right? He humbled himself as a servant, as a slave. He humbled himself even to death and yeah, death on yeah. the cross, you know. And so we see this humility modeled in in, in Jesus. And so we, we see, okay, so if I'm going to have the same attitude and the same mindset, then I have to sacrifice and I have to live in humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many times humility is not what what so many people feel like it is. You know, so many people associate humility like with low self-esteem and mm. no confidence, mm. right? We yeah. talked about the story uh, of, of, of Jesus giving the illustration of being humble, right? Mm-hmm. Come in and take yeah. the low seat at the table. Whenever mm-hmm. you come into the wedding feast and Jesus is watching this, like it's mm-hmm. literally, it's, it's, a, it's live. I mean, we got the camera on it. Jesus watching this take place yeah, when people yeah. are coming in and they're, they're jockeying for the best positions. They're trying to get to the front of the table and Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't live that way. Instead, take the seat at the end of the table. Take mm-hmm. the lowest seat. Because that's how we have humility. Now, here's the thing: that once we have an attitude of humility, we will we will then naturally or supernaturally or our transformed self will take that low seat. Yeah. But here's the cool thing about it: in the meantime, if I'm practicing humility, I already know what to do. Mm-hmm. I take the seat at the end of the table. Mm-hmm. And I take that seat and I allow God, while I'm sitting in this seat, I allow God to do a work in me that will create a humility in me. That's why we talked about before to flow out of you, it's got to be formed in you. Yeah. So I've got to form this humility that's that's that's, that's not nat- not natural, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. we said Sunday, is like right. if humble being humble was easy, everybody would be humble. Unfortunately, right. 
Nobody is because it's not the easy road to take, right? right. It's hard to be humble. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus says, look, practice by just taking the seat at the end of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one yeah. thing that you can do, take that seat mm-hmm. at the end of the table. Um, and, you know, something that I, I didn't say on on Sunday, uh, but I think is very important, is Jesus says, you know, take, take the seat at the end of the table. Then somebody will recognize you and somebody will bring you to the front to, to the front, and you'll get a better seat at that table. And if you'll mm-hmm. humble yourself, then other people will exalt you. You know, mm-hmm. and if you don't humble yourself, you won't be exalted, right? And so it's like, so it's that that whole approach. But real humility takes the seat at the end of the table, not for the purpose of being elevated, right? Right. So if I take the seat at the end of the table and nobody notices me, mm-hmm. and nobody recognizes me and nobody calls me up to the front seat of the table, it's not real humility if I go home upset, right. angry, yeah. it, feeling bad because nobody recognizes That's not real humility. Humility sits at the end of the table until I get called up and I go home with a great attitude Yeah. A- until somebody calls me up. And so what begins to creep in to our lives is is what we would call like a, a really a false humility. Mm-hmm. You sit at the end of the table, but you're really not humble. Mm-hmm. And you're really not even wanting God to really work humility in you. Yeah. You're sitting there looking around going, I wonder who's going to invite me to the front. I mm. wonder, I wonder mm. who's wow. going to notice me. I wonder who's going to notice my talent, my gift. Wow. I wonder who's, who's going to notice my new shoes and my new clothes. I wonder who's going to notice me and elevate me. I'm looking to be mm. elevated. But yeah. when I don't get elevated, I get dejected. Mm. And I go home upset, angry, frustrated, confused, but it didn't work. It didn't work. That's not real humility. Yeah. Humility sits at the end of the table not to be promoted. Humility sits at the end of the table because I'm wanting God to work something in me mm-hmm. so eventually I can be promoted. Right, right. Because humility, I, I feel like, has is secure. You know, humble people yep. are are secure Absolutely. in who they are, their identity. And so, you know, talking about having the same mind is Jesus. Yep. We're secure in knowing that God loves us. Yep. God approves of us. God's for us. Yep. So we're not looking for other people to fill that void. Yes. So whenever other people, because we're going to be disappointed in life, yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to sit at the end of the table and they're going to have the, there are going to be those times where you're not invited to the front. Absolutely. But you're secure in how much God loves you. God approves of you. Absolutely. He's for you. And so you're not shaken by that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I listened to a great uh, sermon uh, this week. Uh, from Judah Smith, pastor of, of Church Home, and um, and he was talking about insecurity mm-hmm. and how uh, one of the ways insecurity will mask itself in your life is through pride, mm. right? And so people walk into the room. Let's take the illustration of Jesus. They walk into the room, the wedding feast, right? Yep. And they're insecure, and because they're insecure, they, they, they want to look like they know what they're doing. They want to talk like they know what they're doing. And they want to get a seat at the front because the seat at the front will tell them, oh, no, you really are worth something. They don't want to sit at the end because it would reinforce their greatest fear mm-hmm. that I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. So they're going to do everything they can to maneuver and manipulate their way to the front so mm. they can go home feeling just a little bit better about themselves all the while having to repeat the process. Mm-hmm. This is why I said on Sunday, it, this is exhausting. Yeah. This is exhausting. Like you, you, you can't live this way. It will burn you up and it will burn you out trying to prove every time working for this position. I take the seat at the end of the table because I know my worth. Mm-hmm. I know my value. Mm-hmm. I know my gifts and I know my talents. And I know that God is ultimately responsible right. for where I sit at that table. Yeah. 
So I will sit at the end of the table because I know at any moment God can move me wherever he wants to move me. Mm -hmm. So I will sit there until he moves me because at the end of the day, people aren't in charge anyway. Mm -hmm. God's in charge. Yeah. And if God, the Bible says God holds the king, the king in his hand, the king's heart in his hands, mm -hmm. then, then God is in complete control of where I end up sitting. Mm -hmm. So I will humble myself, not living in insecurity or pride. I am secure in who yeah. he created me to be the gifts that he gave me, and the calling and purpose on my life. Mm -hmm. When I am confident of that, I can sit at the end of the table yeah. and wait to be called to the right seat. Yeah, yeah. What about this? What What if we try to we try to jockey our way up there, manipulate our way up there, and we think we're doing a good thing, but then you get in the wrong seat? Mm. You put yourself in that seat yeah. and then wonder, why am I miserable? Why is it not working out? Why am I so tired? Why am I frustrated? Why do I have all these problems? Why did... Because you chose that seat. God didn't choose that seat. Yeah. God, to God told you to be humble. Mm -hmm. God told you to sit at the end of the table. And then he would send the person to yeah. say, hey, yeah. why don't you come sit up here? Yeah. And you sit in that seat. You sit in God's seat. Mm. And all of a sudden now things are flourishing in your life. And you're yeah. operating in your grace zone. Yeah. And in your gifting. And in your calling. Yeah. And now life is good because I was willing to humble myself so yeah. that God could exalt me to the place that he mm -hmm. wanted me to be, not the place that I made for myself. Mm -hmm. And just what you brought up there, you know, the Bible says also that, that God gives grace to the humble. Yeah. So you try and nickel and dime your way. You you know you fight. You mm. know you backslide. You know you you yeah. you, you get all you yeah. wiggle your way up to that yeah. seat, the seat that you chose for yourself. Yep. And there's no grace for you there. Yep. Because you didn't go through that channel of humility. But God calls you to this seat over here, and it's a seat with more responsibility. You know, more it demands yeah. more out of you. But there's a grace there for you for that. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. No. And I think that that is the beauty of humility. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, whenever we whenever we live that way and, and here's the thing, we got to we got to form it until we flow in it. Mm -hmm. We got to form it. So we got to work hard to be able. So we got to yeah. take that low seat. Sometimes we just got to shut our mouth just for the purpose. Mm -hmm. I might know the answer. I just need to shut my mouth. Yeah. Just to be humble. Yeah. Just to practice that being humble. If I, just putting myself in those situations so that I can develop this humility where I don't have to be the star of the show. Mm -hmm. I don't have to always have the answer. I'm not always trying to prove that I belong. No, I don't have to do that. Yeah. I, I, can, I can take my seat and trust God that he will move me to the seat that he wants me to be. Mm -hmm. It's the beauty of humility. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, you don't want to miss out on any of these talks. You got to get in the house Sundays at nine thirty and eleven fifteen. Uh, we're about halfway through the series. Yeah, we are. And uh, if you don't have a soap journal, we uh, we did run out. Uh, but you can you can download a digital copy of it. We'll put a link in the show notes here for you and on the screen. Um, and so uh, you you got to get it. Follow along with us as we take this journey through the book of Philippians. And we can't wait to see you here at North Point Community Church on Sunday at 9.30 or 11.15.